Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs lost two of three to the Colorado Rockies because baseball home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about baseball, organ music, and more at Bleed Cubby Blue. And I am joined, as always, by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Oh, wow. I'm just... Uh, I'm, I'm ready for this season to be kind of over, like... <laughs> It was fun sweeping the Mets earlier in the week, and then you you go and you you watch the Cubs play a bad team like the Rockies, and now we got the Marlins and the Pirates, and I'm just I'm I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm just kind of like ready to get to win number sixty nine and call it call it a a season, come back next year stronger. At this point, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> that's my mood coming into this Cubs podcast year. But I do like talking to you about the Cubs, so. You, you're in luck because Fangrass has the Cubs projected for exactly 69 wins right now. So that might that might be right where the Cubs wind up at the end of these, this season. You know, this series was weird. I didn't feel like they played particularly bad baseball except for the start of game number three. However, it just also, I don't know, it wasn't exciting baseball. It wasn't like, oh, yes, they're going to win. Aside from... The, and and we got to see each other uh, for Hispanic Heritage Day on Friday. Marcus Stroman getting the start. Aside from Marcus Stroman taking a no-hitter into the sixth inning. And by the way, Danny, you definitely messed up <laughs> and jinxed Stroman's no-hitter. We're going to get into was it. Was it me? You, no, it was Danny's fault, people. Like, I was in the bleachers. I saw it happen with my own eyes. Danny jinxed it. I kind of. I, my sister jinxed it first. Okay? My sister texted me, and she said... Hey, Strowman's got a no hitter through five. Now, first of all, don't be start even talking about it till the seventh, in my opinion. Okay. So, right about the seventh, I go over to our friend Tony and I say, Hey, Tony, how superstitious are you? And he goes, turns it to me, he goes, Shut up. And At which been- point, a ball goes over the center field bleacher wall. Yeah. Danny, you jinxed it. It was, it was all on Danny. I, I was studiously not telling people about anything that could even possibly hint at the no hitter in the bleachers. I was like looking down at my scorecard anyway, but it was, it was still a fun game. It was a great game for Marcus Stroman. The Cubs won that game. It was, you know, good times, good times. Um, The Cubs did a nice job with Hispanic heritage day too. I want to shout out a couple of things that were pretty fun with all of that. They had the mariachi band out on Gallagher way, which was a lot of fun. The, The sugar skull Los Cubs bobblehead is Almost perfect. Uh, the design is perfect. It has a little home plate for the the nose. Like, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. This would be the perfect giveaway if it were a regular giveaway that fans got just by coming to the ballpark as opposed to the special ticket offer thing where you have to pay taxes and fees to the city of Chicago and Ticketmaster to get the ticket. Danny, I know you were, you were bummed to find out that it was one of those, you have to buy the ticket online to get the thing, to do the thing. And I, I wonder how many people were discouraged by that because I saw so many people when they saw my bobblehead, they were just like, Oh my God, I, I, I love that. How do I get one? And, and a lot of people didn't get one because they didn't do the special ticket offer extra steps, extra money thing. Yeah. It, and the th- other thing is if you are a C this really screws season ticket holders the most, it does for sure because they already have a ticket to the game and why the heck would they buy another ticket? Um, well, you can just buy the bobblehead, I guess uh, on the secondary market. I saw them going for as high as 75 or $80, which some of these things can just get ridiculous. Um, it, um, but one thing 
I wanted to go down and I did want to get this bobblehead. I'm getting married in Mexico this year. And I'm like, oh, this would be kind of like a good momentum of the memento of this year for me. Specifically, I love Puerto Vallarta. I go all the time. I love Mexico. And I wanted this thing. But I also like am really cheap. And so I went to the Cubs box office where I wanted to save on the fees, which are, well, I'll tell you what it is. Because to buy a $19 ticket for this special ticket offer, uh, which goes for $6, by the way, on the actual uh on the well not on the actual um well it's on the secondary market it's like StubHub or whatever but it was $32 out the door to buy it online i go down to the box office to probably save 10 bucks of that something like that in the fees they don't sell it at the box office they wouldn't sell me one you have to buy it online you have to pay the fees so $19 ticket $32 that's over 50% fees right there in taxes and fees i won't pay that so, and that's more of the principle of the thing, even though I wanted that bobblehead. Um, I don't usually want bobbleheads. I just wanted that one. So yeah, that's kind of annoying uh, that they don't do it like that. And it's just a ploy to sell tickets. Basically, they just sell you this bobblehead. And it was sold out, by the way, at the end, because I was like, ah, maybe I'll just buy the $32 tickets. I'm not that principled. And then <laughs> I didn't because it was sold out. Yeah, I mean... The special ticket offer bobbleheads really create I, some of them are super cool. Like the cookie monster one that they did for Sesame street day on Sunday. That looked pretty cool. Like a lot of them are super cool. I've, I've been really picky with them. Um, basically this year it was the sugar skull one. And, and that was it. Uh, last year, I think I did a U Darvish bobblehead cause I'm still mad that they traded U Darvish for a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, um, that was a special ticket situation because they were giving them away it was a cubs charities ticket yeah cubs charities ticket well yeah you know you had to gamble right yeah basically you had to buy like you bought fifty dollars of cubs charity half and half whatever and that got you a a thing that said you could get the you darvish bobblehead so i did that i know they just get they're just looking to get more money out of us danny and 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 i'm a sucker so they keep getting more money out of me (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. I went down there and got it for our friend Crawley. The other thing they make you do is go outside the ballpark to get it. So you can't get it before the game, and they only give it give you until the fifth they need to get it. So you have you can't go out to get it until the game, and you can't get it after the sixth or something like that. So you will definitely be missing some baseball from the stands to go get your bobblehead and Gallagher way. Why they haven't figured out a better way to accomplish how that's done. I understand that you have more room in Gallagher way, um, all that stuff. Uh, but why not just like send you a voucher in the mail and have you like go to after the game or whenever to like one of those many stores that they own. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, you know, Are you I- implying that the Cubs could just like, I don't know, have bobbleheads at the Cubs store? That yeah. You and maybe have. you, you have a whole redeemed- infrastructure. <laughs> like, yeah. Like maybe at the store you own that, that already has bobbleheads. You can, and people, and people to- who like pack and unpack things and keep track of inventory. I don't know. Yeah, instead they make you get this ticket and stuff. And then, you know, and why not just sell that? You know, just sell it to us for 30 bucks. You know, just now they're trying to get the ticket. Just, I I hate all that crap. 
and it is a cool sugar skull, but it's all wrapped up in in all that junk. So um, it's unfortunate that it can't just be this cool thing in my head. It just ends up being just like a hassle. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. You know, Al has been saying for years that the Cubs just need to do better on giveaways, period, that even the basic giveaways, they don't do enough of the giveaway, right? Like they do the first 10,000 fans get like a Strowman bobblehead or whatever. And they know, they know that like 35,000 people are coming to that game, which means that they have set up a system where they're just trying to get you in the door so they can sell you food and drink and everything else as quickly as possible. And two thirds of you are going to miss out on the bob on the bobblehead or the giveaway or whatever the cool thing is. And honestly, other teams don't put that low of a number on their on their giveaway quantities. Like I have gone to White Sox games where usually the giveaway is like 20,000 or 25,000, like literally double what the Cubs do. And, and the White Sox do that like with a stadium that does not routinely get more than 25,000 people, right? Like I went to a Dodgers game where there was a giveaway and I think it was 30,000 or 35,000. Now admittedly the capacity of Dodger Stadium is like 50,000, but still like that is a we are trying to give you the thing that you came to the game for, right? Like we want most of you to walk away with the thing that you bought the ticket for. And the Cubs do the exact opposite. They're like, we would like most of you to be disappointed because you did not get the thing <laughs> that well, you the, got the ticket for. The fans hate it. The ushers hate it. So the only fans that like it are the ones that can get there super early and know the game of it. Cause then they get there early and they get to, it's worth more. Because there's only ten thousand, so it would be worth less if there were more of them. Not, I mean, and probably significantly less. Because this, amongst Cubs fans, is a real hot commodity, especially like something that was rare and a special ticket situation. There's a lot of completionists out there, and they need every single one of that year. I've been dealing with a lot of people and helping them out over the years, and I and I see how rabid of collectors they are and i'm i'm not that person i'm actually a little bit fascinated by it and the psychology behind it and i've asked many questions about like you know what kind of joy it brings you and it's a little bit different for everybody so um but yeah it's they need to do the problem is they, they create a mob situation i've seen fights break out so and so the ushers are dealing with that the fans are dealing with that now it's ridiculous to be fighting fighting over anything let alone a a bobblehead of all, of all things, but even the dumb things like Cubs lunchbox day. And they're just giving you a little lunch sack. You only got 10,000 of those. I'm like, guys, give everybody the lunch sack. It's sponsored by Kraft. We're going to advertise for Kraft. They're going to give them to you free. We all want the stupid lunchbox. Just get, like, that's something I would actually use. Cause I would use it. A bobblehead just sits there and I have to dust it. You know, like that's how I look <laughs> I at Bobble. No, that's how I look at it. Like, oh, lunchbox, I can use. I'm a very utilitarian kind of person when it comes to things. Um, I live in an apartment, so do you. But you know, people find room for the things they want to have. But um, anyway, it's yeah, they just need to do a little bit better with that stuff. I totally agree. The only thing they give out everything of is like on the day they give you like a grocery bag, which is just like. You know, we all have a bunch of grocery bags, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, now I got another one. Like I got a Diamondbacks grocery bag. I got a, you know, and they last so long, you know, until the handle finally breaks. You just end up with all these things, sending people home with leftovers. At, and, you know, sorry, I'm getting off track, but, you know, the Cubs need to do better. I totally agree with you. 
Although I want to give a shout out to the Cubs employees because you're right. The ushers and everybody, they have, a, they have a huge job to do. The people work on the gates when these bobbleheads show up. And I had an incredible experience uh, this weekend. So, Danny, you remember when we did CubsCon virtually with the Cubs, uh, with some of the Cubs workers, and we were hanging out with them and just telling them our favorite memories of Wrigley Field and all that jazz? So, this weekend, I had tickets pretty much every day. I wanted to just sit in the sun at Wrigley. That was my whole, like, everything I wanted to do this weekend. And But Saturday, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, and so I didn't get there in time for the Stroman bobblehead. I knew I wasn't going to get there in time for the Stroman bobblehead for the same reason we were just talking about. Like, I know the drill. I know how early I have to get there. I wasn't going to get there, and I wasn't feeling very well, and I just kind of had to deal with that. On Sunday, I go. I'm in the bleachers hanging out um, with some friends for out at Wrigley, and I, as I'm walking up to get to the area where everybody's hanging out, I, I bump into one of the people who was on that call, Frank, who works uh, out there in the bleachers. And and Frank says, hey, Sarah, remember me, you know, from the Cubs con thing, et cetera. And we start talking. He said, did you get the Strowman bobblehead yesterday? And I said, no, I missed it because I, you know, I was sick. I was a little under the weather. I came to the game. He's like, come with me. And so he walks me around to a closet where they keep like stuff that they've got stashed away and everything. And and he comes out with a bag. In that bag is a Strowman bobblehead, but there's also like five other giveaways that they've done in the bleachers this year that I, it, just as a thank you, just to say thank you because he enjoyed us chatting with them for CubsCon. And, and it was just such a nice reminder that every now and again, there are really great people in the world who are looking out for you and that things just work out sometimes. So Frank, I don't know if you listen to the show, but if you do, thank you so much. You made my day. Like it just restored a little bit of my faith in humanity and that Stroman bobblehead is going to hang out with Wilson Contreras and Javi Baez on my wall of favorite Cubs. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Frank from the hidden identity podcast, a little plug there for Frank. Um, he does a podcast too. Um, and Frank is the one that, when I went and karate chopped that cup snake earlier in the season, actually hooked me up with a uh, my own um, with bleacher giveaway hat, the one that with the fluorescent colors and everything. So yeah, he, Frank's Frank's the man. Like totally hooked me up. So yeah, Frank is the best. Stuff. And yeah, I I mean honestly, it was just the nicest thing. He didn't have to do it. He literally just saw me walking on the ramp. I would have been happy just to take a selfie and say hi. And I just I thought I was very it was very kind, and I I appreciated it. Um, it it pretty much made my weekend. Um, there were a lot of guys. It, it was a weird weekend for the Cubs. We had a great start from Hayden Wisniewski, who it looks like is going to get another start later this week, maybe against the Pirates. Advert Alzali is back, but. That didn't go quite the way we wanted it to. Like the first inning was excellent. The second inning, not so much. Looks like there's still some lefty power problems there. Um, No Wilson Contreras against the Rockies. No Nico Horner against the Rockies. Seiya Suzuki played one inning of defense against the Rockies before he uh, went on paternity leave in Japan, where he is welcoming little Seiya, which I cannot wait to see the pictures of little Seiya. That's going to be great. Uh, Danny, what did you see this weekend from the baseball side of things? Well, just like you said, Wisniewski, I'm excited about this guy just because he looks like the real deal, like at least confidence wise in the fact that he's got this slider that everybody's, you know, they're talking about it on the on the broadcast. They're, you know, saying like it's got a a special break. Guys are are swinging and missing when he strike out seven in this one, I want to say. Yeah, he had um, seven in this one. He had eight in his debut, which was not a start, but still, like, I mean, he's got a lot of strikeouts right now. A lot of strikeouts, and and it's they're swinging and missing. Like that now, the word's going to get out on him, and they're going to figure out 
what to swing at, what not to swing at. Things are going to change a little bit. So I'm just excited that he's up here getting his feet wet at the end of this year and um, getting some major league experience. And it's, if this is what Scott Efros turned into and it keeps going like this and it keeps building on the momentum that he's creating for himself, then this is an exciting pickup and it was definitely a good thing. And I think we could be, Happy about that. Alzala, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Five strikeouts, though. Five strikeouts. Lots of Ks, man. Yeah, yeah. And and quite frankly, he's coming back. His first thing, he gives up two runs. I shouldn't be as concerned about that. The problem was the Cubs only scored one. So they had their chances in that one. But unfortunately, all they did was hit singles, basically. And um, even the first, they just didn't score this whole series. They scored. The game they won was two to one. I and the wind was howling out. Like I don't mean like the wind was kind of like lightly out. Like I both both Saturday and Sunday, the wind should have that those should have been 10, 12, 14 run type of barn burners at Wrigley Field given the pitching matchups and the wind. Like I don't know if it's just everybody was swinging for the fences and missing and topping balls and not quite making it or what cuz I noticed there were a lot of fly balls that were dying kind of like near the warning track and they were all they were all hit weekly they were all like 80 mile per hour fly balls 83 mile per hour fly balls I'm like if you even get a hard ball a little bit up in the air up there those should have gone out and and they just didn't it was it was almost as if nobody could take advantage of the conditions at hand because I'm telling you those the flags were not just kind of like oh yeah the wind's like kind of sort of out it was like no no the wind is howling out to, to Waveland, all you have to do is get a ball in the air and no one could. Well, and then the other side of that uh, is that the pitchers, you know, you hear Ferguson Jenkins talking about always looking, and a lot of the Cubs pitchers over the years, but Fergie Jenkins is just the one that comes to mind of looking up at the flags and acting accordingly. And maybe when you see that, you're just a little bit more focused and a little bit more on your game. It's like, I have to locate. I have to get the ball where I needed to to go and you had Marquez and Urania up there. These are veteran pitchers. They've both been at Wrigley Fields um, their well, their whole careers at this point. And it's they know what it's like some days there and they don't want it to happen to them. So uh, maybe that's part of it too, the other side of it. But plus like you look at the Cubs lineup and you get a homer from McKinstry who got his batting average impressively above 200 only to sink back down below 200 by the end of the series um, scored both of those runs in that first game, by the way. Um, but he's the only one that hit a, a, a home run. No Gomes hit one, right? Gomes had one. I mean, Gomes so had some ho- good at bats. So when your only home runs are coming from Gomes and McKinstry, as opposed to Reyes or Hap or Bodie, um, did wisdom wisdom played in this series like, like wh- one game like there's some weirdness going on with like I, I mean I know everybody's banged up and it's the end of a long season but there's some weirdness going on with Cubs lineup stuff right now that is just really really hard to predict like trying to figure out when McKinstry's gonna play third versus when wisdom's gonna get to play like it feels like wisdom plays like every third game at this point and McKinstry plays McKinstry plays every single every day, day. Morrell plays most days as long as Nico is out. And until, when Nico comes back, I imagine Morrell will start sitting a little bit again. I, I it's, it's just, it's just a weird lineup makeup. I mean, I, I recognize that, you know, guys are banged up and they don't want anybody to get 
hurt too badly at the very end of a lost season. But at the same time, it's it's been the playing time and, and lineup decisions have been have been mystifying at times. Like I I'm filling out my scorecard and I'm like, dear God, we're in a situation where Jan Gomes is the number three batter for this team, like on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he answered with three hits and three RBI. So uh, but then you've also got youngsters like Jared Young. Uh, who came up, got his hit a couple doubles, so it hasn't been going terribly for him. But um, and then Kiros, who uh, we were joking on Sunranto last night, is the second coming of Eddie Goodell. You know the the little person that Bill Veck put out there in the '40s to take a four pitch walk when he was the owner of the St. Louis Browns. Uh, Kiros came up. I'm like, hey, the Bat Boys taking in at bats. <laughs> like, oh my god. Hey, man, whatever works at this point. I think that Kiros is only here while Seiya Suzuki is on paternity leave, partially because they have, for whatever reason, they do not want to put Nico Horner on the IL. He hasn't played for six days. I mean, you could backdate him an IL sit right now, and it would basically only go through the Marlins series. But for whatever reason, they don't want to do that. I imagine it has to do with Nico not wanting to go on the IL. He's really wanted to play a full season this year, and he he's had a lot of injuries in the past. And so I imagine that's more of a Nico thing than anything else. But God, man, if you need the players and you need the roster spots, like use your injured list. I don't understand why these guys like say, oh, yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. And then they don't play for a week. Yeah, no, it's that's really frustrating because then you're just shorthanded and that has a snowball effect on everybody else. So, you know, it's a long season. I get that. But I mean, we're seeing the fact that the Cubs have zero depth. Like, can you if we were in contention, what would we be doing right now? Probably the same thing. This team would not be in contention, Danny. I mean, no offense. Like it's been it's been fun to watch at times. I will still stand by. I'm having more fun right now than I had in 2014. And also, like, this is, <laughs> this is not a very good baseball team. <laughs> they scored, no. like, what, five runs total against the Colorado Rockies. I, I'm, looking at it, I'm looking at the ERA board. It's like, Feltner's ERA is going down from, like, 6.12 down to 5.99. I'm like, you're lowering your ERA on a day where the wind is howling out at Wrigley. What is even going on? <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're bullpen, their pitching staff is worse than ours. Um not a great start from Assad. So that, I mean, not really a surprise in the growing pains that is Javier Assad, who I don't know what kind of future he has with this team, but it's been pretty good so far. And then um, when you look at um, the, uh, well, we already talked about Wisniewski and stuff, but when, you know, the pitching, the bullpen, uh, the back end of this game, the Rockies didn't score that many runs either. So and they didn't get a lot of hits. So the, our bullpen is somehow doing a good job as well. Yesterday they used one, two. Well, all together they used six pitchers. And after Assad gave up those four in the first two innings, that was it. And they kept it kept the Cubs in that one, but couldn't get it done. You know, just because we're yeah. not good. We got Jared Young out there, and like like you said, Gomes is Gomes is your offense and. So dude, and no offense to Jan Gomes. He's going to come up later because he's like real close to the hot hitter list. He's had a WRC plus of 109 over the last like five weeks. He's been playing a lot more during that time because Wilson Contreras has been out and you, and that's good, right? Like that's what you want from your backup catcher. Incidentally, still worse than what Wilson Contreras was doing before he went on the IL. Wilson Contreras was hitting in the one thirties with a WRC plus. So like, let's be clear here. He's, he's no Wilson, but, but he's more than adequate as a backup catcher. It's just still like, Dude, not your number three hitter. That's supposed to be your best 
like offense, <laughs> offensive chance and, and it's going to young gum. So let's, let's be real about where this team is at. Um, speaking about where we're at, we need to take a quick break for our sponsors on the flip side. We're going to talk about our temporary lifelong uh, adored blue Jays uh, and how they're doing at the moment. This is a blue Jays playoffs podcast. When, when the time comes, we're also going to look at a Cubs Marlins series preview. And Nan, if you thought the Cubs offense was struggling lately, wait until you see what the Marlins have in store. Cause I've never seen such an anemic offense in my life. So I'm sure they're going to put up like a 40 spot against the Cubs over the next <laughs> few days, but first a quick break. And we are back. So I, I'm a Blue Jays scoreboard watcher now. And it was a real great week for the Blue Jays who are now in the first wildcard spot in the American League. They did what the Cubs used to struggle with. So they had a whole bunch of games against the teams they needed to beat. And they won the majority of those games. This Blue Jays fandom thing is amazing. I'm cheering for a team that does the right things. It's great. So, you know, they had a bunch of games against the Rays. They won three out of five of those games. They had a bunch of games against the Orioles. They won two out of three of those games. I'm like, this Blue Jays team is fun. They are good. And they are winning the games that they need to. I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, especially because as a Cubs fan and not a White Sox fan, and although the White Sox best hope is probably to win the Central at this point and not the wild card, get into the wild card spot, they still are in contention for that as well. And if there's one thing that people that know me know about my Cubs fandom, it's that I I also hate the White Sox. (laughs) So it's like, so I'm looking at that AL race and I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever keeps them out of it. And like, you know, because... And Red Sox fans have, have given up even worse than the Cub fans right now. Much more disappointing season. But I guarantee you that all those Sox fans, if we had had a similar season, they'd be talking about it every single day. And so um, mostly I'm not talking about it, but I think I'm going to start talking about it <laughs> just as this season comes to a close. I am petty like that. Well, Cleveland just jumped out to a three-run lead against Minnesota, so that's who the White Sox need to catch. I agree with you. They are. It's more likely for the White Sox to win the division than to chase down what's going on in the wild card. They're like five games out of a wild card spot, and they're only like three games out of the division lead at this point, but they need Cleveland to falter for that to happen. I actually like the White Sox. Like, I don't have any problems with them, and I go down there and watch games, and they have good elote and good beer, and and I like that they have salt and lime at the Modelo stand, and that makes me pretty happy. But I, I, I understand and appreciate Cubs fans who do have that rivalry, and you're absolutely right. If the Cubs were, were throwing it away in a contention window, the White Sox fans would be talking about it. The thing that blows my mind here, what is going on with Tony La Russa, man? Like, just stop. <laughs> I don't know, but I did write a parody song the other day. So he's got it. He's, uh, I hope he does come back because then it gives me the perfect opportunity to release it um, because it is to a parody of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. <laughs> Tony La Russa, Tony La Russa. <laughs> and I've got many a verse about his drunk driving and Hall of Famer baseball personism. And I'm not, there's another guy I'm not a fan of. He, he, he presided over the cheating A's. He presided over the cheating Cardinals that entire time that, uh, you know, he, he's, he is the manager of, of steroids. He is the Mr. Steroid manager. And um, yeah, I've got no, no, no love for him. I do hope he's okay. Um, he never should have been hired. Um, that was, oh man. That's Reinsdorf is just, I mean, what are you going to do with these guys? Like they're just totally delusional at this point and they don't know what they're doing and you're just stuck with it. 
Yeah, I mean, the LaRusa thing is just mind-boggling to me. It's like he's he's clearly been a bad choice for the manager of this clearly. team. Clearly. It is Everybody obvious to everyone and has been obvious since the day the hire was made. I mean, I thought it was pretty funny that Ken Rosenthal had this, like, open letter to Tony LaRusa uh, that he should step down. And too. I was like, look, Ken, we've been, we have all, like, literally all of baseball, but in particular, the Chicago part of baseball has been having this conversation for, like, 18 months. And the fact that you write this column now as if it's a revelation yeah. is honestly just kind of ridiculous. But I, I was more angry, honestly, for my friends who are White Sox writers with that column than for, like, we've been saying this on this podcast, it's Cubs podcast, but like, we live in Chicago, and we have eyes, and we can see that Tony LaRusso is bad. But if you are a Southside Sox person, you watch this team religiously, and you have been making this point for 18 months, like 18 months, almost every single day, because Tony LaRusso just gives you all the content in the world, he, like, gets arrested for drunk driving again he walks guys with two strikes on them like he falls asleep in the dugout he uh, i mean he just gives you content (laughs) constantly and here comes ken rosenthal with the observation and now today he's got like the backstory as to how he came up with that column i'm like by following white Sox twitter like i don't understand like everybody has been saying this Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have a, a problem with open letters in general. Like I just, an, an open letter too is just like such like, it's like, okay, now, now I'm just going to hear your opinion, I guess. But um, it's, uh, you know, I one time wrote an article for Bleed Cubby Blue because somebody had written an open letter to Cubs fans. And I had wrote an open letter to people who write open letters to Cubs fans. <laughs> Check that one out. It's Googleable. I, I looked it up the other day because the whole thing just kind of bothers me. It's just like, you know, and for Ken Rosenthal, it's like, dude, you, you know, the now the reporters becoming the news. OK, you know, just stick to what you do. Report the news. It's baseball. So you're allowed to, like, throw a little opinion in here. But like. You know, you're not going to keep your access if you keep being what's the word for? I'm trying not to swear. Is <laughs> really what I'm trying to, <laughs> to do. But he's a rabble rouser. He's rousing the rabbles. No, he's just being like petty. It just seems like he's uh, acting a little bit big for his britches here. Rosenthal. Well, yeah, Rosenthal. Either either way, like the White Sox are a much better team with Tony Larusa on the shelf. So. If I were Tony Larusa, I would take this opportunity to retire for real and just say good luck to the White Sox and hope they yeah. make it to the playoffs. I, I just can't even imagine that he can do that, though. I don't think that his ego will allow him to do that. Um, the Cubs are going to go play a few games against the Miami Marlins. Neither of these teams is anywhere near the playoffs. In fact, both of these teams are very, very bad. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a wild one down in Miami. I also love how the Cubs came home for like three days and now they have to go to Miami and then they come home again. I don't know who did the schedule, but that is just absurd. Idiots. Idiots did the schedule. That's all I know. That's all I can assume. So it was just really dumb people. In the, these probable pitching matchups, it looks like we've got Wade Miley versus uh, Cabrera. We've got Adrian Sansa versus Pablo Lopez. Drew Smiley against TBD. Um, I will look up who TBD is supposed to be in the Roto-Wire uh, probable pitchers grid. But, Danny, what do you see in these pitching matchups? Well, Cabrera, no hit us through five and struck out eight. But the Cubs won one to nothing. That was over at Wrigley Field. Um, let's see. Miley... Didn't face the Marlins this year, uh, but he's, you know, just one of the, he's going to come out and go four or five innings and basically audition for next year. And then um, it is one thing that you'll enjoy if you watch the broadcast this evening 
is it is dog night. So I'm guessing there will be more dogs in attendance than people because uh, you can bring your dog. And then uh, Pablo Lopez, he's been around for a while. Uh, we, we beat him, too, at Wrigley. So uh, we got four runs off of him and nine hits. And then uh, Adrian Sampson, you said, is going to the second game? Yeah. Um, I mean, continue to surprise us, Adrian. Keep on surprising us. And then um, Smiley, I mean, he's just been good at the end of this situation. Now, all of a sudden, that we find out he's got an option on it, all we're rooting is that they'll take it. And then, um, I don't know, who would you say, Jesus, Jesus Luzardo? So It looks like it's going to be Jesus Luzardo in that last game, yeah. You almost call him Jesus Luzardo. No, because I, I sometimes call him Jesus Lizard. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, because, like, I've got... Like, like, I know you know better, but that's amazing. <laughs> I can speak Spanish, but I still like calling him Jesus Lizard. But then uh, the the other um, the other guy I do that with is Jesus Aguilar, and I call him Jesus Eagle, which is how it all started. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jesus Luzardo, he's having a pretty good year. 375 earned run average, a whip, 1.090, not terrible, but... 91 K's in 81 innings. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, lefty and, and, and could very well just like get a ton of strikeouts with this young Cubs team. The Cubs strike out a lot. Ooh, he killed us. Oh no. He pitched against us on August 7th and he went seven innings of one hit baseball. That's the game they won. That's the game they won. Great. So, so what you're saying is I should expect the offense to still be bad this week. Got it. Offense Maybe for both teams, though. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's kind of like what we saw with the Rockies. I think everybody's just kind of waiting for this year to be kind of done. Everybody, I mean, you know, it's all it's fall training for both teams. Probably. I don't know what they're do, who they got in the mix right now of guys that they're kind of trying out. Give them give it a look or where they are in there. Well, I've got some names for you. Yeah, I got some names for you to for you to talk about. But before I do, like, so normally we do this hot hitters thing, right? And the way I do this is I just kind of go back about five-ish weeks, sometimes six if there were was like an all-star break in there or something, just so we get, you know, a decent sample of games, usually looking for right around 20-ish games so that we can kind of get, get a snapshot of whether somebody's been hot or not, right? Like, what have they been doing lately? So I do this for the Marlins. I go back to August 15th, uh, or excuse me, I went back to August 22nd. Um, I limited it to anybody who had had at least 40 plate appearances. We don't just want guys who have only come up one or two times. And there are no hot hitters on the Miami Marlins. There's no guy with a WRC plus over 110, not one. The best hitter on the Miami Marlins during that stretch is Jacob Stallings. He has a WRC plus of 102. He is the only batter with a WRC plus over 100. The rest of the list is as follows. Garrett Cooper has a WRC plus of 98. Joey Wendell has a WRC plus of 97. Charles LeBlanc has a WRC plus of 90. Brian Anderson has a WRC plus of 76. Nick Fortes has a WRC plus of 71. Miguel Rojas has a WRC plus of 68. John Birdie has a WRC plus of 59. I'm just going to stop there because we're just not going to talk about guys who are like more than 50% worse than league average. Well, also like it's pretty much a list of who's who or who's that. I should say like not it's the who's who of who's that. So I John Birdie will steal of, some bags. I know that from fantasy. The Marlins will steal some bags They're You know, that is kind of a hallmark of a bad team is a team that needs to steal bases in order to win. And they have to, cause they're not hitting doubles. So they're not hitting home runs. 
So they got to get to second and third somehow. So they got to steal. We steal a lot. We're not good. So, I mean, (laughs) amongst, I think that's, if you look amongst like the top teams that steal bases, and then all of them, because the Dodgers steal a fair amount of bases too, but that's mostly just a couple guys. Um, So, but yeah, if you look at the, the top teams of stolen bases, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, it's a lot of teams who are just kind of like YOLOing it. Um, the Cubs are, are still in a position. <laughs> yeah. It's the YOLO steals philosophy. It's like, ah, we got to get there somehow just run. Um, you know, the Cubs are at least getting some stolen bases out of it. They get caught stealing almost as much as they steal though. So I don't, I don't know. The guardians like. aren't first in a bad division, but they steal a lot of bases young team. And then among, and then the Dodgers, Yankees and Cardinals and Phillies also steal bases, but like, it's, I don't know what you can tell by this because the Rangers Marlins and Cubs are the top, (laughs) you know, like the worst teams steal a lot of bases and then also really good teams steal a lot of bases. So like, maybe you just can't tell that much. Yeah. Uh, The Cubs do have some hot hitters though. And I, and I think, um, and at least one of these guys is injured and one of them is on the paternity list right now, but I think Saya should be back if not for tonight's game on we're recording this on Monday, um, probably for Tuesday or Wednesday's game. For sure. Uh, Seiya Suzuki is, has been super hot lately in the last month and change. He has a WRC plus of 139. Walsab, Raphael Ortega, your finger is out. He was the next hottest hitter on the Cubs, and he will not mm. be playing for the rest of the season. Uh, he had a WRC plus of 127 during that that time. I'm really sad about it. Um, Alfonso Rivas is at 115. Nico Horner, who might be back, maybe. I don't know what's going on with Nico and his tricep. They said that uh, they found a little bit more inflammation than just nothing when they looked at the MRI. So he's been out for six days and we'll see if they do anything with that in terms of an injured list stint or something else. But for, he has been hot 115 and Ian Happ at 112. So, you know, a, a nice little collection of hitters there. I do see that Rafael Ortega would have made this a much more potent lineup. You can also get Wilson back. Wilson Contreras has been due to come off the IL since the 13th of September, and he was doing some running drills over the weekend. Yeah, and you got to wonder how healthy Patrick Wisdom really is playing once every three days, but I've seen since he's been back, he's like two for 27. (laughs) It's just like there's a lot of – I know you don't want to talk about the not hot hitters, but we got a lot more of those than hot hitters, I think. I mean, we can talk about the not hot hitters, and and it's worth worth digging into a couple of these because there's some guys who have struggled. I mean, if we look at anybody who's under a WRC plus of 100, there's a pretty stark divide. On the Cubs, Fran Mill Reyes has struggled over the last few weeks. His WRC Plus is down to 66. So after that hot stretch, when he first came up with the Cubs, he's, he's kind of cooled off quite a bit. Um, Christopher Morrell has been in, has been struggling a lot. Although, I, I want to talk about this one for a bit because I think Morrell's struggles have more to do with the fact that he doesn't have consistent playing time right now. Like the thing that Christopher Morrell needs to work on is he struggled against off-speed stuff. He struggled against breaking stuff. If you sit him every third day or pull him late in every single game, guess what he is seeing less of? Breaking pitches and off-speed pitches. Like, he needs to see a lot of those pitches and have lots of at-bats against those pitches to get out of that funk. That's the only it, the only way out is through on that particular problem. And if you take at-bats away, I don't see how that helps. <laughs> well, either that or he's just not going to get better at it. So, and that there's just a hole in it and that he just ended up being a flash in the pan, one of those guys, which I think most of us kind of expected that to be the case. You know, he came on, 
had a good start to his season. There was some magic there with between him and Wilson. And he definitely seems like an awesome person and a great, and a great guy clubhouse guy, um, you know, saying hi to the umpire and the other team and all that stuff. And, you know, that's really cool. I really respect all that stuff. I like it. I'm a fan of Christopher Morrell, but it's possible he can't hit <laughs> as well. So I'm, I'm rooting for it. I mean, he's got, he's got 13 home runs on the year. You know, the thing that makes me want to see more of Christopher Morrell and to let him play out the thread here. And the reason I'm such an advocate for more playing time for him is that the max exit velocity is still in the 88th percentile of major league baseball. And his sprint speed is in the 89th percentile of major league baseball. And those two components usually are indicators of a guy who has the raw skills to play and do some damage here, right? He's got a barrel percent of 85 in the 85th percentile uh, for major league baseball. That is very, very good. And yes, some of that is riding off of his hot start. Some of that has corrected as he's seen more breaking and off-speed pitches and struggled against them. But again, the only way we will ever know if he can deal with that adjustment that the league has successfully made against him is for him to get more of those at-bats. And I think it's a better time for him to do that now at the end of a season that is lost than to do that next year when people are all fighting for positions and jobs coming into spring training, right? So I, I just, I don't know. Like, I... It's one of those situations where I understand there's some playing time crunches and also it feels like we know who David Bodie is. Like we know what you're getting out of David Bodie. I don't know why he needs more playing time than Christopher Morrell right now. Yeah. I mean, except for maybe you just still like kind of rehabbing him, but with the team and getting him because so, David Bodie so far, like percentage wise has struck out more than Morrell, uh, which like, that's what you're seeing is like, you're not hitting, uh, and he also hasn't walked either. Like Morrell walks more than him and strikes out less. So like, why are we going this way when they're both going to give you about the same amount of power as far as what I can see right now? So, I mean, I don't know why. I, listen, I don't really know why they gave Bodie all that money. I don't. I don't. I I never understood it. I'm like, dude, he hit a home run and ran around like an airplane one time. Like, that's not enough to like, I mean, he's older. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't make sense to me, but um, I don't know. It's, you can upgrade it all. You really just could. You could say goodbye to both those guys and get somebody better and take that position with, I don't know, somebody like a, a Ben Zobrist or, you know, that type of player. And you just upgrade it so that there's not this, like, there's no one on the roster that's bad, like, or mediocre, I should say, average. I don't know. I'm. I didn't. I don't think Morell's part of their long term strategy. I don't if think he, he is. is either. If he is, it's because he played his way onto the team. Can he go to the Dominican? They should probably all go to the Dominican League this year, or and go down there and keep getting the at bats and keep working and you know get back to it. Especially Morell because he's from there and he played there last year with the Aguilas. So hopefully he gets something going down there. But um, yeah, I mean. It could all be better when it comes to this fringe stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, we're going to see the Cubs make some moves this offseason. It'll be interesting to see where they decide to invest all of that money that's just sitting on the table that we know that Jed Hoyer has ready to spend. Well, you know, Kenny Sarah, us. 
You it rolls over. Well, actually, Sarah, could I actually for you, you for a moment? I'm getting, of course. But um, Tom Ricketts told us that you actually can't spend your way to a championship. Dude, I cannot. With, like, <laughs> that interv- I like the part of that interview where Tom Ricketts just like throws Jed Hoyer under the bus. He's just kind of like, Jed, whenever Jed wants to spend, Jed can spend. Like, it's not, my- I'm not holding the purse strings. I'm, I will let Jed spend. And I'm like, really? Will you though? <laughs> yeah. Well, it could be worse. I just was reading about Bob Nutting, the Pirates owner today. Oh, yeah. It's a bad situation. Well, I wanted to know. I think Sunranto shows I had an idea to do an off-season kind of like dating game contest, which if you just see which of the other owners you'd rather have than Ricketts and just like find out where they made their money, just dig up a little dirt on these guys and do like a bachelor, like like a uh, bachelor's game. What's that called? A dating game. Bachelor owner number one, you know, and. You just introduce him. He owns a $69 million yacht and uh, and can't and, afford a catcher. Can't afford a catcher. <laughs> He's roundly hated in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and, if know, Danny and I come up with some way to get this show, I, I like it. Like d- dating an owner. What, what would we even call this? Like the, the Yeah, we got to come up with a name for this. If we figure it out, you will you will hear about it from us on the social media channels that we are on a lot. Way too much, honestly. Uh, Danny, where can people find you, your Sun Ranto content, and your takes about the owner's dating game? Yeah, at, follow at Sun Ranto on Twitter and you'll find out everything we do. And uh, we're going to do another Twitter space, I believe, on Thursday before the game at 4.30 p.m. All these games are at 5.40 at Lone Depot Park, which really rivals uh, some other terribly named stadiums like the one on the south side um, for bad um, name. But, uh, yeah, 4.30 p.m., and it's a conversation with you. So you just follow at Sunrant. So you got to go and do it on your phone. Um, but you can come in and we're going to talk about just a bunch of different stuff having to do with Cubs and baseball, just whatever's on your mind. It's more like, I kind of run it like a call-in show, but, um, it's, it's fun. Sarah was on the last one and came by, you were able to come by and uh, I know infield fly girl came by for a little bit. Um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, people have a lot of opinions and it's fun to hear them sometimes. Yeah, it's fun to chat with people. It's just fun to talk baseball. It sort of reminds me of hanging out in the bleachers and, you know, chit-chatting about the game. And and we just do that on Twitter Spaces. Definitely worth checking out if you get a chance to stop on by. Uh, You can follow me at at BCB underscore Sarah. And I will be on the Twitter Spaces if I can. I've got kind of a really busy work week this week. I'm going to Minneapolis for a business trip. It's been a hot minute since I've done a lot of like business travel and I have a ton of it this fall. So I'm kind of, you know, got to go get my flu shot, get my COVID shot, make sure that I'm all boosted and ready to go for this fall of travel that is going to be a little bit intense, but um, work, working on that. You can follow me and my, me and my travels and me and my, and my Cubs thoughts at, at BCB underscore Sarah. And Danny has one more announcement that one you are more, not going to yeah. want to miss. Yeah. Uh, on October 1st at Nisei Lounge, the Bleacher Bum Band is throwing an end-of-the-year Cubs fan karaoke party. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is free. It's right after the game. Uh, Bleacher Bum Band is going to play. Uh, you're going to sing. I'm going to sing. We're all going to have a great time, and you should show up because it's a lot of fun. Let's Come on out and drink with us. Sing. That's it. 
Yeah, it should be a blast. You never know who's going to show up at a Bleacher Bum band show. Some of the players stopped by last time. I'm hoping that that will happen again. But I'll definitely be at that Bleacher Bum band show. And you can find anything that we talk about on the podcast, including what happens at the Bleacher Bum band show, if you're not able to join us at the podcast account at Cup of Cubby Blue. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you're following at Bleak Cubby Blue for all of the updates on the team as the Cubs head to Miami to face off. Uh, against one of the worst teams in baseball. So, you know, three games between two teams that are going absolutely nowhere this year. It'll be interesting to see how they stack up. Until next time.